<sighs> of course, it's all silent in here and everything, too, just um, makes it... <laughs> just makes me fight with myself that much harder. Because today, what I'm going to tell you is the truth. Oh my god, imagine that. No, really. The truth, the real truth, and oh my god. Just like, you know, there's nothing stranger than real life. And, um, yeah. Anyway, um, and it's very awkward for me. I am not used to being honest. I was not raised, to be honest. You did, you know, um, feelings, unless they were just entirely positive or neutral, um, were unacceptable. Like, you just, you, you didn't voice that. Oh, it's negative? Then it's not real. Which, you know, that's pretty common, I think. A lot of, a lot of people deal with that. But, um, I was also told that if you burden your friends, you won't have any. I don't know that that is true, because I kind of did that. Like, I didn't burden them, you know? And I still didn't really get to keep any. So I'm going to say probably, um, you know, now I'm going to try the other way. I'm going to try the other way. There's got to be some sort of a balance in there somewhere. There usually is. But, so, I am... <laughs> I digress. It's going to be a little heavy at times. So I'll just tell you right now, it has a happy ending. And um, I'll probably have to do it in parts because it is not, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> I don't like have words for everything. And I'm not exactly sure how to go back saying some of this stuff. So we will see what happened. Happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happened. We'll, we'll time travel and then back again. The hell. Anyway. Yes, indeed, I am smoking a cigarette. And I have no shame in that. I know a lot of people do. I don't. Sorry, not sorry. So, a week ago today, I died. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I died I, on purpose. <laughs> At the time, I will say it felt more like a dare because I was in the middle of a showdown a very, very emotional sh showdown with someone. And um, they were like, God, you're putting on a pretty big show there. <laughs> but you're not going to do nothing. And so I did. And so I did it. And holy shit, you guys. <laughs> Instant regret. I mean, I made this sound that I can't imagine. Um... Like, no, <laughs> just, I'm not going to scream into uh, the mic or the world right now to duplicate it, but you can get the idea, just this, 
No. <laughs> so, um, right off the bat, lesson learned right there. Don't, don't, don't want to do that. Um, don't want to die. However, I still had some shit. So they, um, well, they clearly they took me to the hospital, and then it, things really got real. Shit hit all kinds of fans, um, and did what shit does. <laughs> and that I'll have to do in another segment, because my time's up. But you see what I'm saying. So, from now on, today, it's up to you if you want to continue to hear that story, because it's, you know, some people, I get it, you're really um, offended by it. So I'll talk about that, too. Peace. So, like, this isn't um, stuff that, like, I actually, I cannot tell you that I want to share this with you. I I don't. I just know I that it's every word of it that I do share is going to be something to somebody. And I don't know who, and I don't know how, and I where, 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 and it doesn't matter, and I probably never will. You don't always get to. But, um, that is why I'm doing this. Just in case you were wondering, because some people, I mean, even I'm like, girl, what in the hell? Who even would write a blog about this? It's like, you know, but <laughs> yeah, somebody somewhere needs to hear it. So here it is. Um, the thing that I did to end myself was I took a uh, big swig of antifreeze. So stupid, you guys. Dumb. Don't, don't. Okay, but anyway, so they, so then I was rushed to the hospital, like the actual hospital, in which uh, they took my arteries and turned them inside out, you know, because it's a, it's a gaseous, you know, toxin or something is what they told me. You can't vomit it out. You have to we have to do this procedure to you, whatever it was. It, um, basically, they would not let me look at it. <laughs> but, um, at one point I said, it feels like you're vacuuming out my inside. And she was like, honey, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we're doing here. Um, but I just remember, I looked at the nurse and I said, please save me. I don't want to die. I never wanted to die. <laughs> She's like, honey, we are we are trying. And um, that's actually the best part of the hospital experience. Because after that, I learned that I had gotten myself into trouble. Because for doing that. You get into trouble for doing that. Um, and then if you freak out. Oh, there's a lot more trouble. Where that came from. So. Let's see what happened next. Uh, so they cleared out my arteries. It hurts really, really bad. And, um, and it's weird. But I was in a room. It was a glass square with not even a bed. It was like a recliner. And that's all you get. And, um, I had to do that for the first 24 hours. They put me under observation.
and I had a babysitter and everything, but that's all I had. Um, I had to, like, pee in front of them, everything, like, I just, you know, they put me in some blue scrubs, and they gave me a bucket to pee in, and that is, yeah, that's it. Um, at some point during the night, I flipped out on the doctors and nurses, I want to go home, I, you know, all these things, and I just really freaked out, and I think that's what got me to the next stage, which was, <laughs> as you can probably guess, some sort of mental home where I spent another few days and learned many, many things, many things, um, which is why I feel like this story might be I don't know. I don't want to say important, but um, is to me it is, <laughs> obviously. But to uh, someone, I just I don't even know. I just get these feels, and I have to go with them. Feels like a directive, honestly. So let's see. I'll have to finish that again because we had a time. We ended with me freaking out at the hospital. And the next thing that happens is me in handcuffs in the back of a police car on my way to the mental hospital. Woo! Good times. <sighs> it's worth it. It's going to be... You'll see. Alright. So right before they carted me off, I got this advice from Serge that um, probably saved my butts. He says, don't freak out in there. Keep your head down. It's yes sir, yes ma'am, and just, you know, because he's like, if you do, if you do anything, they're, <laughs> they're going to keep, keep you. They can keep you for two weeks. Um, or you can come home in 48 hours. If you're good, and that's good in air quotes, and this, I believe, is actually the reason I'm here to tell this story, because um, the system is sicker than anybody out there currently in it, okay? Um, I have to be blunt and really honest here, and some people are gonna real hate it, like, I mean, like, especially if you're a psychiatrist, um, but here's the thing, lower your pride and listen, because some stuff is broken, and if you really do want to help people, we have to work on that. We have to work on that. So, we really need to work on that. You know what I think? Yeah, I'm going to just, I'm going to just say this really, really fast, right? I think there's no amount of schooling and there's no book in the world that can teach anyone how to be a mental health professional. You are a mental health professional when you fucking go through it and you live it and come out the other side alive and saying ish. I mean, can any one of you, are you sane? Are you? Prove it. Call me and tell me. Prove, prove to me your sanity. Right? So, there you go. There is, 
a system in place which uh, defines that for you. They tell you if you're sane, they tell you if you're normal, they tell you all about you all the time. <laughs> Don't listen to them, guys. So anyway, that ended up being great advice because I'm a very claustrophobic person and I like control. Um, oh, I did mean to say earlier that um, I believe that the cause of my freakout, my initial freakout that got me in the hospital, um, a lot of it had to do with a mix of medications that I was on that my doctor had actually prescribed me. Um, it's not his fault. There's no, no psychiatric help down here. And I'll get to that soon, too, because it's part of the story. Gosh dang it. So anyway, um, but all that time in the hospital, I didn't have them. I didn't ask for them. I noticed that everybody else was asking for or getting meds, and I was like, dude, I just know that I'd rather <laughs> not anymore. So um, I just didn't. So basically, yeah. Surge's advice was great. I just, because I would have normally walked into that facility and lost my head. Like, just had a fit because I'm claustrophobic and there were, like, no windows. There's no windows, no, no doors that you are allowed to go through. If you want to pee, the door is right there. Um... And that was the only room that didn't have cameras all over the place. And they tell you that as soon as you get there so that you don't, you know, get naked and, and then sue later, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. And now we're at the end of it again. So, I arrive at the home and they check me in. That's where we left off. Um... So I get there, and um, I still don't, um, the only thing that they let me put on, well they didn't let me, I just kind of did it, and then they didn't insist on taking them back, I got my wedding rings, I had a feeling, I did, you know, I just, I don't know, I wanted them, so I had those, but they had everything, including my clothes, when I got there I had been wearing like sweats and a tank top, they told me I had too many strings, so I couldn't wear, wear clothes, I had to be in scrubs. I ended up really kind of um, leaning into that, though, because in that place, I, I started, I, you pick up really fast. Um, it was, I guess you could call it like a, a halfway house, because what happens is, uh, if it's windy, I am sorry, but like I said, uh, claustrophobic. <laughs> And this is a little nerve-wracking. So anyway, um, you get there and you realize that there are a lot of people in there. <laughs> and they come and go in handfuls all day long. And those that were in scrubs, like me, were either suicides, like me, or overdoses. Um, which the hospital will also 
sometimes just classify as a suicide. Others were found. Others were brought in by... I mean... The human condition, you guys. You see it in there. For one thing, because... Um, there is no other stimulation. There... Nothing. And I am... Or I was when I went in, a very stimulated person. Love noises, loves, love people, loves <laughs> like to fall asleep to talking. I, um, um, yeah. Or music or something. I just always had to have something. So, um, you know, I wanted to freak out. But then I had this advice rolling around in my head from Soj, right? If you freak out, you might, you know, you know, you're going to end up with two weeks. So I did this, uh, what I started referring to as like a manual override. Okay, because part of the medication that I had been on before I went in, and then I, you know, now that I was in the hospital, I did not have and had not had for a couple, almost two days at this point, was anxiety, was for anxiety. And so... Now I am in a box. I don't know when I'm getting out. There are no windows, no doors, and everybody looks insane. But I'm not allowed to freak out. So I learned a lot. I, le I mean, can you think about that. I mean, if you, especially if you are a nervous or anxious person yourself and, it, and just thinking about that might kind of like make you want to go over the edge don't go over the edge there, <laughs> or do it because um, you will come back and you learn oh my god so much but um, yeah so I was like that's right once upon a time before there were meds and doctors in my life. I was a human person that was born pretty much perfect and didn't know anything about anxiety. I remember people having to explain it to me, you know, as a teenager. Um, so I was like, yeah, then, then that is still in there. And so that's what I had to do. I had to just lay there and accept things. I don't know if you've ever tried that. I mean, just uh, accepting things, especially if they're things you don't like. I felt trapped. And I had to accept that. I could not contact my family. And they couldn't contact me. Had to accept that. My bedroom there was another box. Not glass this time, but it was smaller. And it had a chair. And that in itself made me, it made me want to go crazy. But I didn't, because two weeks is a long time. Okay, so, um, yeah, hi, Wynn. <laughs> There's that. I'm going to have to move. Okay. Um... Well, the, the next thing I remember happening is actually a neat personal detail that you probably won't care too much about if you care about anything at all. But I'm talking, so here it is. Um, 
Uh, my whole life I couldn't smell. But I got to the hospital and, um, or the mental, the mental place, the halfway. Let's call it the mental home because I'm, that's mostly what it, what, what it was. And I think it is for people. Um, some people, they have to, you know, do the longer stretches. Um, so the nurse threw me a blanket and I smelled it and it, I, you know, like actually smelled it and it was wonderful. So something, uh, maybe the shock to my system or whatever gave me smells back. I've been having those and it's been fun. Eating is really fun. I get it now. Cause like before I never ate, <laughs> like literally just never. Um, yeah. So anyway. You, the place is one of complete, uh, you know, there's zero stimulation. We had these little boxes that they called our rooms. <laughs> and they had little chairs in them, and that is it. And then what you had was, like, what they called a common area. And that was, it looked like a doctor's waiting room, basically. And so she threw me, my dog is going to be playing in the background. I hope that's not too annoying. Um, she threw me that blanket and I pretty much parked it on the couch in that waiting room because there were people. There were still people everywhere. And, um, but mostly it was silent and um, what we got from each other, those of us just chilling in the waiting room, I think, was, um, for me anyway, it was comforting to just have humans around me. I could hear only, you know, their breathing, or if they said something, and every once in a while, people did talk. Not, not very much at all. Um, but every once in a while, the staff there was super sweet. Uh, they were all basically volunteers. They do get paid, but, um, they were basically volunteers who had kind of already been through the system and come back to help, which, I mean, that still just kind of brings tears to my eyes. That's just friggin' beautiful, in my opinion. Um... And, you know, the girl, as I left, she told me six months, and I could do the same. Evidently, there's, like, the six-month, like, assessment. I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole... Not the point. Um, so, the first day. Um, of course, the first question I ask is, when can I go home? And the answer is, I don't know. You talk to the doctor in the morning. Now, there was no doctor at this facility. There are no psychiatrists where I live. This is not an exaggeration. I live in Delaware. I live in Lower Delaware. Now I've told you <laughs> lots of shit. I mean, you just know everything about me. Lower, no, lower. There's no psychiatrist here. If you are a human psychiatrist who honestly loves and cares about people, friggin' come buy yourself a beach house, sweetie, because we are in need of you. Anyway. Dang, this is taking forever, y'all. I 
feel bad almost like get to the point lady the point is I lost my mind and I got it back better okay <laughs> there was just but I do have to tell you about the psychiatrist she's next and that's the part that I'm hmm, you're you're not gonna like it some of you Sorry. So, Miss Doctor Lady, decider of fates, I um, it became the apparent to me, staying there, that um, that this was the fate of all of us who came to that facility. That there was no doctor, but that in the morning at eight o'clock she would call from her real office somewhere far away. <laughs> and have video conferences with each of us. And so she did. Now, for some reason, they had me down as um, substance abuse. And so she really attacked me. I don't know how else to put it, okay? Um, I don't actually have a problem with substance abuse. I never have. I was raised by addicts. It's kind of a thing with me. So, yeah. Um, here's what I don't get. Maybe you're a psychiatrist. Maybe, maybe you can explain this to me. She started off the interviews. She said three words. It was like, train, plane, apple. Train, apple, chair. That's what it was. Train, apple, chair. Holy shit. Anyway. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you these three words. Remember that? And then I'm gonna, then we're gonna talk, and then at some point I'm gonna pull them out, and I'm gonna say, all right, what were the three words? And you're gonna have to tell me. And I'm like, right off the bat, I'm like, oh shit, lady, what? What? Like, I'm already confused <laughs> and like emotional and scared because I know that she is judge and jury as far as whether or not I'm going home or, or, or not. So it was a high pressure situation, which I don't understand. You're a psychiatrist. This is this is supposed to be about mental health. Am I right? Am I missing something, you guys? I would love to know that I am and that I'm wrong about this system. I would love to know that. But anyway, she really uh, tore into me. Um, called me a user. Um, told me I was ruining my kids. Uh because I was a user, and when I told her, you know, that she was wrong, what I was there for, um, she did not like that. I'll put it that way. At some point, um, she asked me to recount the situation that got me in the hospital, the, uh, drinking of the toxic fluids. And when I did, I started to cry a little bit, and she said, now don't you cry, or I'll have you locked up for two weeks in inpatient care. If you're good, you can go home without patient care. And you better believe I snapped out of it. Like, I, I stopped, you know what I mean? Like, that to me, at the time, life and death, basically. But I'm just saying, like, that's not real actual, tr you know what I mean? She did not treat me. She did not talk to me. She did not assess me as, as me. But isn't that the whole point? I'm asking you. Isn't that the whole point? 
what is the point? Anyway, she didn't tell me my fate. I had to wait and wait and wait and wait. She basically, she dismissed me um, when she was done with me. I don't know if I remembered the words I want to say. No, she asked, she, she then asked me to count backwards by sevens from 100. She made me do that for a long time, and that was really kind of difficult because I'm terrible at math. I hate numbers, damn it. I told her that right away. <laughs> she made me do it. She made me do all kinds of little tricks like that, and I don't know why. If anybody does, I'd love to know. But um, all it did was uh, upset me, honestly. It stressed me out. So if you're a psychiatrist and that's what you do, I'd love to know why. I'd love to know what the benefit of that was because if not, it sounds like a cat playing with a mouse and that's mean so um that's really that's really not what we're here for is it moving on okay so the only way to get out of that mental home was to have miss dr lady um evaluate you in in that way and then she was either going to send you to you know two weeks inpatient or let you go as an outpatient now outpatient requires that the facility is able to find you a psychiatrist Zuki <laughs> sir if you don't mind thank you um so, jeez, now, yeah, so they had to find me a psychiatrist, but like I told you, there ain't none in Lower Delaware. There's, there's literally none. So they had a very hard time doing that. So I was in there um, another day just waiting for that. Um, it turns out, I found out yesterday, because yesterday was the day I was supposed to meet with this psychiatrist, that the only person they were able to find the closest thing to mental health for here is um, for recovering addicts. It's a substance abuse place in which they, yeah, they test your piss and all that stuff. And go ahead. I mean, you can test mine. There's nothing in there. But I don't belong in a facility like that. So I didn't go. They called me. We talked. What I did get was a counselor from the mental home that I was in, and I fall in love with them every time I talk to them because they are people with huge hearts. That is a horrible job. And they come back every day just because they know that it's even more horrible for those of us in there. <laughs> Do, if you understand what I mean. <laughs> and that... I really, I love, this just makes me smile so big. So, um, she'll be here tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning, to watch me send my kids to school. <laughs> I told her, and did, you know, that's what I was doing. And I think we just talked on the phone and she liked me. This, this counselor, the psychiatrist does not like me. To her, I will always be some sort of a crazy jerk. I don't know what she thinks I am, honestly, but she let me go, thank God. But do you see how it came down to that? Seems a little odd to me. She wasn't even there. 
physically. <laughs> you all right, Maddie? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, um, when I got out, just, you know, sunshine and clouds made me cry because they're so pretty. You know, <laughs> you, I had a new, um, a whole new thing for life, and it's been with me since. It's been a whole week now, like I said. That's pretty good. Oh, I, and I don't take anything anymore, including caffeine. I tried caffeine my first day free, and basically panicked. I just, my system was not used to it, and it just, it, something about caffeine just was too much. So there's nothing in me but me right now, baby. <laughs> oh, that's what she said. That's what she said. And now, you know, the story's over because I'm singing. She said it. Who said that? She did. Who's she? Her. Why? Oh, yeah. See, the song is better in person because there's, like, dancing and stuff that's going on in between the beats. But you can't see that. Poor you. I'm a good dancer. <laughs> anyway. That's it, man. I don't, I don't know why that story needed to be told. There are people here um, that I'd talk to. You know what I mean? It's not as though I needed a particular outlet, this particular outlet. For the story. So I hope that whatever, for whatever reason that I was here to do this and say this, I hope I did it. I hope I didn't freak you out too bad. Or if I did, that you recovered. Because it was a happy ending and happy endings are good. Don't, you know, happy endings are good. You have two choices getting out of that place. You can look backwards and cry about it and have regrets and guilt. Or you can say, I'm free! By the way, it may, I might have come off judgmental um, anytime I mention addicts or addiction. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually not. Um, I, don't, I don't judge that at all. And my best friends, who is like, before just airing my all my shit to the, to the public, um, with you guys just now, uh, he's the only person that I told everything to because I knew that he would understand, and he's a former addict, and, um, love him to death, I, like, I, the only reason I ever even think about it is he, um, when he talks about it, but, I don't see any difference, really, between an addict and me. Or you. Because we have problems. I was just upset that, like, <laughs> the facility didn't know what I was there for. Um, that was really my thing. And then the psychiatrist, too. I mean, had I been an addict in the way that she treated me, um, was abusive. So I, I feel for my fellow patients. There, <laughs> there was a girl who came to one of the groups. We had these little group meetings while we were in there, and um, actually, she was an older lady, 
and she had been through stuff, like, just a lot of life in a short amount of time. The problem was, excuse me, I like how that goes. <laughs> the problem was she said she never talked to anyone, and she made this entire other self in which she went to work and had a husband and a job and, and all these things and was happy. And then one day, I think she kind of broke and turned inside out. And that's a weird thing to say. And it's, it's an even weirder thing to feel. I've definitely been there. It's, but the theme that I got from just hearing over and over these different people in there was this uh, repression, you know. And you guys are actually missing a very interesting combo with me and Simon behind the scenes about that sort of thing and um, just how you, you know, burying things, pushing things down, is, it's very detrimental to yourself and others. If I triggered you today, I'm sorry. You can call me. Um, and, you know, please do. Because I think I can probably help you through it. But, um, yeah. I don't judge you. That lady went to a two-week facility. I think it is going to help her as long as they don't overdrug her. Which is what they were kind of doing um, at the halfway place. So, you know, if you pray, remember these in, in your prayers. Anyway, you guys, I'm so done talking about me today. So I hope that um, you liked it or were entertained or it helped somebody or whatever. Oh... <sighs> But I'm exhausted. Hearts and rainbows and unicorn poops.